Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in to the new cover art. If you, if you guys spotted that new cover art, I'm very proud of it. I made it myself with the help of my friends. Kind of just bouncing ideas off of each other. I made that and I think it looks pretty darn cool. I'm a big fan of, of it. I'm, I'm a big fan of the way it turned out. I think it looks very professional. I think it will stand out against some other cover, cover arts in the podcasting charts. So if you don't like it, cope. Okay, so on September 18th, the, I don't know exactly what organization it was, held a Justice for January 6th rally, which was not a conservative rally. It was a, it was an attempt to try and, and, uh, what's the word? Criminalize, try to trap pro-Trump conservatives into going to this rally where there was planned violence, there was planned attacks, so they could charge more Republicans with with federal with with felonies. And conservatives and Republicans wouldn't be able to say January sixth was a one time thing. It doesn't represent our movement. It doesn't represent our beliefs, especially if it was. Once again, if, if it happened again on September 18th. This is an article from Salon, which is a very left-wing... I don't think it's a very a very correct or true newsletter, but they released this article. Last Saturday, a much-anticipated Washington rally organized by a no-name Trump World character was a complete bust, with only 50 attendees showing up to voice their support for January 6th Capitol rioters who were characterized at the event as political prisoners, which they are political prisoners. Yet, given that this event fell flat, does that mean the whole uh, right-wing extremism in the post-January 6th era is still a problem? Researchers who monitor online forums and track in-person far-right gatherings say the answer is simple. Yes. We condemn all violence, political violence. Former President Trump campaign aide Matt Brainard told rally goers Saturday from a stage that was barely a foot off the ground while flanked by a security guard with a single AirPod. This is about justice and despair... uh, and disparity treatment and equal treatment under the law. He continued attempting to create a frame of support around at least a few of the people arrested for the activities in or around the U.S. Capitol grounds on January 6th. Even though this particular rally drew what could be generously considered a lackluster crowd, extreme extremist experts who monitor right-wing ecosystems online and in the real world say that the sparse turnout doesn't represent the true scale of the threat posed by right-wing extremism. So, I read another article yesterday about Ted Lowell, who is a California Democrat representative, who said, This rally shows that President Trump has no impact on the Republican Party. President Trump doesn't have any sort of... He's not the leader of the GOP, and that is completely incorrect. President Trump is the leader of the Republican Party. President Trump's ideals will lead us towards the future, towards a better America First future. But that 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 that's that's um why am I stuttering so much today? That's kind of just a, a a crazy thought in my opinion. Jared Holtz, a fellow resident a resident fellow at the Atlantic Council's DFR lab, whose researchers and tracks right wing social media posts and conversations, told the salon, told the salon, told salon the magazine or whatever it is that threat remain incredibly urgent. A small showing at Saturday's event shouldn't be mistaken for a reflection of the far right generally. A lot of the dynamics we saw play around January 6th have since trickled into state and local politics where there's often much less scrutiny and fewer resources to effectively address it. The fact that last Saturday's gathering was a bust was to be expected, Holt said, 
reflecting the lack of apparent organizing what we saw happening online before the events. The rally ended up getting Matt Brainard a ton of press, raising his profile from a no-name organizer, Holt added. What he does with this newfound visibility remains to be seen. So, this rally was a Fed rally. And I'm not trying to blame the feds for what happened on January 6th. Stupid Republicans, and I'm not calling every Republican stupid, but stupid conservatives who broke into the Capitol, who rioted, who caused violence, who caused problems, were arrested on January 6th. They shouldn't be treated as political prisoners. They shouldn't be treated as treasonous. They shouldn't be treated as serious threats to the United States. I don't think a 70-year-old grandma holding an American flag in the middle of the Capitol grounds are a, are a serious threat towards our democracy or a serious threat towards our governmental system. That's my personal opinion. Oregon, Oren Siegel, vice president, or that's probably not how you pronounce that name, a vice president at the Center of an, on Extremism at the Anti-Defamation League. Ugh! The ADL is a stupid organization, largely concurred with Holt's analysis, telling Salon that it is important to focus on right-wing extremism in local communities around the nation. Whether it's harassing school boards. How is it harassing school boards if you're voicing your opinion at public comments? I don't think that's considered harassing school boards. Elected officials or healthcare workers, we need to understand that it's the front line against extremist activity and action is probably more local than it has been for a long time. So... What we have is Fed boys, federal government uh, uh, employees, dressing up, pretending to be Republicans, pretending to be Trump conservatives, pretending to fight for America first in order to cause violence, in order to cause Republicans and conservatives to have this bad name saying, hey, you right-wing, you are right-wing white nationalist extremists, Uh, yeah, you guys are... uh, are a threat to our democracy, and we need to stop you guys from voting and participating in society. That was the goal of this rally, and I don't know a lot about Matt Brainard. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not attacking him because I don't know anything about him. But I seriously don't think Matt Brainard. I don't know who he is. Like I said, is the most pro-Trump person. If you can't realize how terrible the optics would be for President Trump if something was to happen on January on February or September 18th at a rally, then I don't think you should be in politics. If, if the Capitol would have been broken into on September 18th, once again would have been breached, President Trump would have no chance at any sort of election whatsoever. And that's why the feds were in on it. That's why the feds were in on it. Trying to have this rally and try to make it more successful and try to trying to uh, frame the conservatives into going to this rally into trying uh, trying to pretty much attack the feds in my opinion and are trying to attack the conservatives by the feds pretty much in my opinion and i think this says a lot because president trump did not promote this rally most conservatives told you not to go to this rally, and only like 500 people showed up. If anything, that shows the impact of conservative leaders and true a- a- AF, America First conservative leaders, than not, to be honest, in my opinion. But I need to remind you guys of something. On January 6th, I said, or before January 6th, I said on Twitter that it should be a nice, peaceful rally, and if you're going, be safe, and I wish I could be there. If I don't explicitly say that I'm going to an event or I would recommend going to an event, which I shouldn't have recommended going to uh, the 
Million MAGA March on January 6th. I do not support every event that happens by conservatives. I don't support every single protest, every single attempted protest or whatever you'd like to call it. I, I, I don't support everything that happens by conservatives on the internet, by conservatives in person with events. If I'm not speaking at an event, if I'm not attending an event, I'm not going to recommend you go to an event. That's just that, that's, that's my policy from now on. I might highlight an event on here, but I will not tell you to go to it, make your voice heard, etc. like I did on January 6th because I think that is not the best. That wasn't the best choice. I wasn't going to the event. I wasn't speaking at the event. I don't know why I promoted it. That was a that was a terrible decision on my part, and I will not not be promoting uh, these the these possibly damaging rallies for the America First movement and for my listeners. That's irresponsible. So I do want to talk about Beto O'Rourke. Uh, heck yes, you're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. According to Axios, this was an article on September 19th. Sources say Beto's plan to Texas comeback. In governor's race. Please. Please, Beto. Please run. I think it'd be absolutely hilarious for whoever the Republican nominee is. I think it's probably going to be Greg Abbott. To absolutely demolish you. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I can pull this up fast enough or not. But Ted Cruz... made a video when he ran for Senate against, uh, when Beto ran for Senate against Ted Cruz. I, I, this is probably going to make me a copyright strike, but I don't really care. This is hilarious. This should play once I do this. Let me let me make sure that it's going to play. There it is. If you're going to run in Texas, you can't be a liberal man. Because liberal thought is not the spirit of a lone star man. you got to be tough as Texas. And honest about your plans If you're gonna run in Texas You can't be a liberal man I remember reading stories Liberal Robert wanted to fit in So he changed his name to Beto And hit it with a grin Beto wants those open borders And he wants to take our guns not a chance on earth he'll get a vote from millions of Texans. If you're gonna run in Texas, you can't, can't be a liberal man. man. I'm Ted Cruz, and I approve this message. I have a feeling I need to add this part for uh, campaign finance purposes. Paid for by Ted Cruz for Senate. I was not paid to put that in there, but that's not my clip either. I have a feeling I'm going to want to play that clip a bunch. during. I, I might trim that down and make that the intro for every... Uh, Every segment about the Texas governor race, if Beto does decide to run, if you're going to run in Texas, you can't be a liberal man. Okay, sources say Beto plans in Texas governor to run for Texas governor. Former Representative Beto O'Rourke is preparing preparing to run for governor of Texas in 2022 with an announcement expected later this year. Texas political operatives tell Axios. O'Rourke's entry would give the Democrats a high-profile candidate with a national fundraising network to challenge Republican Governor Ga- Greg Abbott and give O'Rourke a former three-term congressman from El Paso, El Paso, in 2020 presidential candidate and voting rights activist. He has a very long resume of failed campaigns and successful campaigns. A path to political comeback. 
but he would be running in a complicated political environment. Immigration is surging at the southern border, and Democrats at the national level are bracing for a brutal midterm election and potentially losing the House of Representatives. A new poll for the Dallas Morning News showed that O'Rourke had narrowly the, had narrowed the gap with Abbott in a hypothetical matchup, down 37-42 in July. Uh, O'Rourke faced a 12-point deficit, 33-45. Over the summer, Abbott has seen his approval rating shrink to 41%, with 50% disapproving in a separate poll. O'Rourke has been calling political allies to solicit their advice, leaving them with the impression that he has made his decision to run in the country's second largest state. No decision has been made, said David Wysong, uh, Wysong O'Rourke's former House Chief of Staff and longtime advisor. He has been making and receiving calls with people from all over the state. The big picture, in addition to keep cultural differences on how to respond to COVID-19, many of the continuous issues dividing the country seem to be bigger in Texas, with raging debates on abortion rights and border security flaring across the state. Abbott championed a law, which uh, the the six-week wall that I talked about a couple weeks ago. He's also stoked cultural divides on COVID-19 and used executive action to try to to try and prevent local jurisdiction from imposing mandates for masks or vaccines. We hope that he's going to run, to run Gilbert, uh, you know, I'm not going to try to pronounce that name, Gilberto, uh, the state chair of the Democratic Party, told Axios, we think he'll be our strongest candidate. We think he can be Abbott because Abbott is vulnerable. So, if Beto does run, I hope that Ted Cruz will allow Greg Abbott to use that video that I just played that if you're going to run in Texas, you can't be a liberal man. I think it'd be a very strong ad. It worked the first time. It'll have to work the second time. Please, Beto, if you're listening to this, which I I doubt you are, if you're listening to this, please run. I am begging you to run. As a non-Texan, as a conservative, please, please run. Beto, we'd love to have you as the governor of Texas. Said no Texan ever, but I, I'd love, I, I'd love the content. You know, content's getting sca- scarce in this Biden administration. Not really. Come on, come on, Beto, just run. Speaking of running, Liz Cheney is running for re-election, and former President Bush is fundraising for her in Texas. The only two living former Republican presidents are taking opposite sides in the nasty intra-GOP battle to oust Representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming from Congress. Former President George W. Bush will headline a fundraiser for Cheney on October 18th in Dallas, a Republican source familiar with the event confirmed to Fox News on Wednesday morning. Cheney is the daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney, who served as Bush's vice president during his two terms in the White House. Bush's appearance at the event, he's listed as an invitation as a special guest in his first help or first helping federal fellow Republicans running in the 2022 midterms. Word of the fundraiser was first reported by the Wall Street Journal. But Bush's move puts him at odds with former President Trump, who has launched a full-court press to defeat Cheney as she runs next year for a fourth two-year term representing the entire state of Wyoming in the House. Stepping up his efforts, Trump backed one of the candidates hoping to defeat Cheney in next year's election. The former president endorsed lawyer and former gubernatorial candidate Harriet Hegman, running in a statement released put uh, put out by his political action committee that Harriet is all in for America first. Little concern about Harriet Hegman. I, I went on Nora Ring's show yesterday and talked a little bit about her on his radio show. But I went on, talked about Harriet, and since then I learned a little bit more about her. She is best buds with Liz Cheney. Best buds with Liz Cheney. If I can find the, uh, I'll put it up for my Rumble viewers I'll put it up on the screen right here. Pictures of her with Liz Cheney advocating for Liz Cheney in 2018 and 2020. 
kind of sus, if you ask me. Trump slammed Cheney as a rhino, which stands for Republican in name only, and Trump charged that Cheney, who had followed in her father's footsteps, is a strong advocate for a muscular U.S. national security and military stance overseas, which is a warmonger and disloyal Republican. Based, I agree, full-heartedly with President Trump in this case. I don't like Liz Cheney. I hope Harriet Hagman is a better representative for Wyoming. I might have to have someone from Wyoming on the show one time. I need to have a get. I need to start bringing on some guests. I might have to have someone on, give me their opinion on it from being uh, Wyoming. I'll have to find someone. One of the 13 people from Wyoming will have to be willing to come on. Yeah, so that that that's interesting with that. So she's been sen- censured, I think is how you pronounce that. Senured, I always said senured, um, from the GOP. I doubt that she'll be able to win the primary. I think Harriet Hegman will have an easy chan- easy time winning the the um winning the general election to becoming a representative i think it's funny though that george bush the the, the guy who just a few days ago said that january 6th was just as worse as 911 is fundraising as a republican if you think Four people dying at the Capitol expressing their First Amendment rights is anything as bad as four hijacked planes crashing into buildings and killing 3,000 Americans. You are not a Republican. You are not a conservative, and you should not be representing the Republican Party in any capacity. Because that is wrong. And I don't think if I was Liz Cheney, I would want his money and I would want his support. But she thinks the same thing. She thinks January 6th, because her life had a 0.0000001% chance. She had a 0.0001% chance of getting injured. She thinks January 6th, because it applied to her and not the average American citizen, was worse than 9 11 was just as bad as 9-11. Was just as bad as 9-11. That is the problem. That is the divide in the Republican Party. Is that some people think January 6th was just as bad, if not worse, than 9-11. And they want an excuse. uh, 9-11 was pretty much a a terrible uh, event. It was an excuse to waste $2 trillion in the Middle East. That's what it was. January 6th was not nearly as bad as 9-11. Not even on a similar scale. And it's absolutely wrong that a sitting member of Congress is campaigning with a former president who thinks it was. That is just wrong. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, it's Joopy Josh here, and I am starting a newsletter called Josh's Jot Downs. This will be a periodical newsletter where I talk about my opinions on what's going on in the world in a text format with less stuttering, less mumbling, less uh, everything, less uh, brain farts. Check that out at GOPJosh.com and click the newsletter button. Thanks. Hey everyone, make sure you rate this podcast and follow it on whatever platform you're using on Apple Podcasts. Liberals have been tanking my rating. So if you can, rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts. That would be greatly appreciated. Follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
help mo- help boost the podcast a little bit. Share it to your friends. GOPjosh.com slash show is the easy, uh, easy link to send. If you have one friend that you think would be interested in the show, share it, please. Uh, it, it'd be really appreciated to help spread the message, spread my movement, spread my my beliefs in my show. If just uh, just half of you could share it to one person, that would be amazing. Thank you guys so much. Uh, this is the Conservative Crusader. Thanks. Peace. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. So if the Taliban takeover of the Afghanistan government was not complete, Taliban asked to speak at the UN National or Taliban wants to speak, I'm sorry, at the UN General Assembly in New York as the official government of Afghanistan. So the the seat has been given to the ambassador representing the former uh, the former government supposedly of uh, Afghanistan. The Taliban wanted a seat in the UN. They re- the UN refused. The Taliban has thrown their bid to speak at the United Nations General Assembly in New York. Several unit outlets reported, news outlets reported, creating a dilemma over who the UN will choose to recognize as the government of Afghanistan. Taliban Foreign Minister, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce that name, sent a letter to UN General Secretary uh, Antonio Guerreras on Monday on Monday, requesting that one of its envoys speak at the General Assembly. At the same... Uh, this is reported by Rutgers. At the same time, a UN ambassador representing Afghanistan ousted the former government, also sent his delegation list to the Secretary General, a UN spokesperson confirmed, via the AP. The Taliban said in its letter that the Isaac... Uh, that um, the, the former ambassador no longer re- represents Am- Afghanistan because the president is not the country's leader. Both parties are jockeying to speak of the, during the Afghanistan-slated spot at the final speech on September 27th, the last year of this year's assembly. Officials will now have to decide whether to accept the Taliban's request or let the former representative continue as the Afghanistan ambassador under UN protocol. The nine members of the General Assembly Credential Commission, the U.S., Russia, China, Sweden, the Bahamas, Be- I don't know that, that country name, Chile, and Nemedia, and Sierra Leone, I'm sorry, that's <laughs> that, that was so wrong. Must meet to rule on the seat dispute. Russia and China have been developing relations with the Taliban's takeover in August. A senior U.S. State Department official told the U.S. the OAP that the committee would take some time to deliberate, suggesting that the Taliban representative might not be able to speak at the current session. So they were not giving a seat at the UN from 1996 to 2001. Instead, recognized the former government, the government that controlled the country before them. They shouldn't be allowed to speak. They shouldn't be allowed to be there. Because they are not the government of, the, of Afghanistan. I mean, they are the government technically, but they, are, they do not represent the people of Afghanistan. We should not be in there protecting Afghanistan. But they don't represent the people of Afghanistan either. The former government of Afghanistan represents the people of Afghanistan as far as I'm concerned. I originally thought they were asked to speak, and that's where the original article came from, but they're trying to speak, and I doubt that they'll be recognized to speak. Speaking of speaking, speaking of speaking, that's hilarious, 
On the Senate floor in 1997, this clip of Joe Biden has just surfaced. What does this sound like? Uh, Clip one. That if we don't get one disease under control, you may find legislative bodies taking whole classes of people based upon propensity of conduct. Well, to say we're going to put you in a certain category. We're going to demand mandatory testing for you. That's the clip I have. From 1997, doesn't that sound a lot like what's going on in the Biden administration with COVID-19? I'm going to play that again. But if we don't get one disease under control. If we don't get one disease under control, because it's, uh, it's a little loud. You may find legislative bodies taking whole classes of people based upon propensity of conduct. Based on perpetuity. Uh, that's not the right word. Based on their conduct. Getting the vaccine or not. Well, to say we're going to put you in a certain category. Category unvaccinated versus vaccinated. We're going to demand mandatory testing for you. And if you don't get vaccinated, you will have to get mandatory testing in order to work at a company with more than 100 employees. This is a, a, a this is a plan. COVID was a plan. And I'm not on YouTube anymore, so I'm not going to be censored about this. COVID maybe not was wasn't planned. But the protocol put in place, but the protocol by the state legislatures, by the government, by the state government, was the plan. It was planned for the government to infringe on the rights of the American people under the protection. Oh, we're just protecting you guys. Yeah, we're, we're, the, we're the government and we're here to help. That's totally not the, the scariest words for, uh, in the English language, according to Ronald Reagan. Oh, yeah, we're from the government. We're here to help. This is this clip, which I found on TikTok, is a revelation. Because this has always been the plan. Get something like COVID to break. Use it to fight back against freedom. And then we have an excuse. That if we don't get one disease under control, you may find legislative bodies taking whole classes of people based upon propensity of conduct. Well, to say we're going to put you in a certain category. We're going to demand mandatory testing for you. It's all part of their radical anti-freedom plan. Not a QAnon plan, not going there. But the Democrats plan to have control over the American people. And even some Republicans are on board, like like uh, Mike DeWine from Ohio, which is just terrible. If you don't see the problem with that, please, please write into me, josh at gopjosh.com. Please write into me and tell me what's not the problem with that. How there isn't a problem with that. Because that's a problem if I've ever seen one. That's a huge problem if I've ever seen one. I think when we have the Wuhan investigations, when we investigate Dr. Fauci, we need to investigate Joe Biden. Because this is scary. I'm playing this one more time. This is like the fifth time. I'm sorry. That if we don't get one disease under control, you may find legislative bodies taking whole classes of people based upon propensity of conduct. 
Well, and the creepiest thing is that he has a smirk on while he has his, his uh, white privileged teeth. Is what they're called in the Epic Crap Battles of History uh, with, for this year. But his, his shiny white teeth after he had his brain aneurysm. Say, we're going to put you in a certain category. He's we're not stuttering. He's smiling. He knows exactly what he is saying. And mandatory testing for you. That is unacceptable. And we need to look into the Democratic Party. We need to look into President Biden and see. We need to look into Wuhan. We need to look into Dr. Fauci. We need to look into President Biden and see. How did this happen? So. President Trump. Because we always have to have at least one article about President Trump. Former President Donald Trump on Tuesday sued his estranged niece and the New York Times over a 2018 story about his family wealth and tax tax practice. I'm sorry, about his family's wealth and tax practices that was bar- partly partly based on confidential documents she provided to the newspaper's reporters. So this is the what you need to know by New York One uh, Spectrum. Thank you. The former president, Donald Trump, on Tuesday sued his estranged niece in the New York Times over a bombshell 2018 story about his family's wealth and tax practices that was based on confidential documents she provided to the newspaper's reporters. I just read that. Thanks a lot. Trump's lawsuit filed in state court in New York accuses Mary Trump of breaching a settlement agreement by disclosing tax records she received in a dispute over the family's page, uh, over the family's uh, Fred Trump's state estate. In a statement, Mary Trump said of her uncle, I think he's a loser and he is going to throw everything, anything against the wall he can. A Times spokesperson told said the lawsuit is an attempt to silence independent news organizations and we plan to vigorously defend against it. President Trump is in his absolute right to sue Mary Trump, to sue the New York Times. Because those documents that were gotten out of the death of Fred Trump are being used against President Trump. Because she doesn't agree with his politics. Confidential information, confidential documents being used against a president because she doesn't like his politics. Because she doesn't like President Trump and what he believes in. I have the book on my shelf. It's about as long as a New York Times normal uh, newsletter or normal newspaper. I'm going to actually grab it really quick because I, I, I want to actually show how small it is. I know you can't see, but I want to see how many pages it is. This book about halfway through the index is about 200 pages, which actually, fun fact, Diary of Wimpy Kid books are longer. Books, fiction books about kids' lives are longer than this hit piece against President Trump. And I haven't read it yet. Uh, Mary Trump, Too Much and Never Enough, How My Family Created the World's Most Dangerous Man. I haven't read it yet, but I think when we look into that, when he so, sues Mary Trump, he should also sue Simon and uh, Schuster. I think sorry, I pronounced that. I don't know. I'm not a book publisher. He should sue them, too, for giving a platform to this woman who committed a crime against the president, who I, I actually bought this book secondhand, so I'm, I'm not giving any profit to her, who allowed this woman who used documents contained illegally the documents were contained illegally but she used them illegally sue her, sue them too sue the publisher too for defamation 
for aid in this illegal activity. And I'm honestly excited to see where this lawsuit goes. We will be following it every step of the way here on the Conservative Crusader podcast. My name is JP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader, a production of the conservativebriefing.com, the gopjosh.com. Thanks for tuning in. My Twitter is gopjosh20, my Instagram is gopjosh20, and my TikTok is gopjosh. Make sure you follow me on every platform. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone, make sure you rate this podcast and follow it on whatever platform you're using on Apple Podcasts. Liberals have been tanking my rating. So if you can, rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts. That would be greatly appreciated. Follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Help help boost the podcast a little bit. Share it to your friends. GOPjosh.com slash show is the easy, uh, easy link to send. If you have one friend that you think will be interested in the show, Share it, please. Uh, it, it'd be really appreciated to help spread the message, spread my movement, spread my my beliefs and my show. If just uh, just half of you could share it to one person, that would be amazing. Thank you guys so much. Uh, this is the Conservative Crusader. Thanks. Peace. <laughs>